Hi and welcome to episode 22 of the VSUIT podcast, the audio-only virtualization podcast with more new features than an iPad 3. Joining your regular hosts, me, Chris Dearden, Ed Serwin and Christian Moan, is Michael Poor, a fellow V-expert and blogger at vspecialist.co.uk. When not blogging, Michael is a consultant for Virtual Clarity. Michael, welcome to the show. Hi, pleasure to be here. Glad to have you on. It's uh, this is our, our second, second, or is it third attempt to try and get you onto the show? Uh, uh, it's my third attempt, and I'm very <laughs> sorry about the uh, the previous two. Um, yeah, uh, had to um, unfortunately cancel uh, last minute a couple of times. Yes, so the, was the fun and games of being in, in a different time zone, which uh, for you and I is, is, is a rarity because we're, we're normally happy in the same time zone. Um, but you were in the States. Uh, I was, yes, um, for a couple of weeks recently. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it just made, um, unfortunately, uh, syncing up with uh, Europe a little bit problematic. Um, uh, you know, had meetings uh, scheduled at the time when we were supposed to be recording and um, yeah, it's kind of difficult to uh, to rearrange those. Oh, of course. Now it's the uh, it's the great challenge with a uh, the a global environment, really. Uh, you know, even just trying to record a podcast is uh, tricky enough with time zones. But uh, when you're trying to work cross time zones, it's uh, it's even more fun and games. Oh, tell me about it. I was um, I was actually re- uh, working on two projects at the same time. Um, so I was I was working on on some sales work out in uh, Silicon Valley, but at the same time I was actually uh, Working on a project that was UK based um, with um, uh, some third parties who were based in India as well, so a further five hours earlier uh, in the day. So I was having to regularly having to get up at sort of like um, two, three, four in the morning and take conference calls, um, and then go back to sleep for a couple of hours, and then get up and then do a full day. It was um, it was uh, interesting, shall we say? That's, that's quite tough. Um, so did you actually get a chance to share in the whole Silicon Valley experience? I mean, you know, the closest that we have in the UK really is um, Reading. Um, yeah, indeed. Uh, Thames Valley Park. I, I, I go past that on the train every uh, every time I go into London. But um, um, it's, 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 it's certainly, um, well, I mean, the whole of America is a different way of life to, uh, to out here. I mean, everything's sort of like uh, bigger and... Um, and and some things uh, slightly over engineered, but um, <laughs> there's a shower head in 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 the, in the hotel I was in it was just absolutely enormous. But there was absolutely no point to its size. It was just like it was the size of a normal shower head, just with lots of extra metal all the way around it. Didn't quite yeah. understand that. But that uh, sounds uh, sounds American. <laughs> they are big heads. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have a big head, guys? I don't know. I'm you're, you're big in general, Ab. You're, you're, you're big in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, you, you reckon it's a health and safety thing? So that people can't say, well, I, I tripped in the shower and I landed on the shower head. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is that a common excuse? It's, it's got to be even more likely when it's that size, surely. <laughs> what, if you, what, what if you hit your head on the shower head? That's even worse if it's that big and just all metal. Mm. That's true. I mean, they could put some. Perhaps you'd have to have the metal and some bumpers around it. That that, that would just get ridiculous. Sure, <laughs> that would be open. <laughs> that, that's more health and safety land. That's, that's something you'd likely see over here more than more than over there. I would have thought. Fair enough. But from from a sort of technology point of view, and sort of, you know, I've done a little bit of work in the states myself, and obviously Ed's done lots of work in the states, having having grown up there. 
Um, but you know, do you, do you find the pace of life, the pace, the pace of things like trouble, you know, just little things like troubleshooting and the approaches taken transatlantically are quite different. Well, uh, one of the biggest differences I came across was, um, strangely enough, a language barrier. Um, so um, when I'd be saying, you know, I'm fine, thanks, I don't want another drink, All of a sudden, another drink would come up. And obviously it was the way I was saying no thank you that was obviously being misinterpreted yeah. as thank you. Yes, yeah, I'd like another one. Let me just uh, jump in for a second there. That's not really a language barrier, more or less, than I'm, I'm not giving you a choice. <laughs> they, it's, it's just stubbornness. They heard you say no, and they don't, they simply do not care. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I didn't really mind, you know. <laughs> okay, fine. If there's another drink there, I'll drink it. And they know that, so they'll continue, and they it gives them an excuse to drink also. So yeah, it's all part of yeah. the fun. Sounds American again. Yeah, it is. We don't care what you think about it. We're going to do it anyway. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> this will turn into an anti-American V-soup here. Yeah, you so don't, that, you so don't want to alienate half your uh, audience, really, do you? <laughs> I think both of them will be fine. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll send them an apology email first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I've always sort of found that sort of approaches can be a little bit different, um, and I don't know whether it's a cultural thing or whether it, it's just that you know the luck of the draw of uh, the skill sets of people you work with, but people do sort of solve problems and approach things in different ways. Yeah, yeah I, I, I suppose they do. It also depends on on what sort of organisations you're working with. Um, um, I mean, as with over here, when you uh, work with smaller organizations they tend to react and, 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 and behave in different ways to larger, larger organizations uh, that perhaps uh, dare I use the s word um, tend to have um, slightly more uh, well-defined silos of technology um, so um, yeah it does a bit doesn't it um, and, and, and I'm fairly sure one of my colleagues will shout at me for using that word but there we go um, <laughs> He doesn't like it. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it, it was certainly a, a very interesting experience being over there. And um, generally, I don't tend to get involved too much with sales work either. It was right. just, um, um, yeah, it was Did you enjoy uh, the quite a learning experience in, in, in many ways. So this, this is your, your first sort of pre-sales uh, yeah, I, mean, uh, I suppose I've done sort of um, uh, pre-sales support before, but never actually actively, you know, been on the front line, um, actually, you know, talking with uh, your intended customer and, and, you know, trying to get information out of them and that sort of thing. So uh, it was, um, yeah, it was uh, very interesting. Cool. Speaking of, sort of uh, work and work things, uh, Christian, I, I hear there are, are new things in the pipeline for you. Yeah, there seems to be. Uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the entire uh, thing is there yet. It's uh, a work in progress as, as such. But I uh, today got told that I'll end up being the uh, tech champion or whatever the term is for server virtualization in the EDB Ergo Group uh, consulting division uh, nationwide which I think they're probably going a bit insane over there, considering I've worked <laughs> there for two months. But, hey, uh, if they want to give me another hat to wear, I'll wear it. No problem. <laughs> so that uh, should, should be interesting. 
whenever you become sort of a product champion or a technology champion, I always sort of do envisage that you are expected to have some form of cape and wear your pants over your trousers um, and, and just run into meetings and go, I am the champion of this. I will fix it all. Yeah, that's... Uh, given, given that the title is Tech Champ Server Virtualization, that means I'll probably end up doing some Hyper-Me stuff. <laughs> this should be interesting. But... Uh, uh, in general, it's a, it's a kind of a new concept uh, internally in, in the company, and they're trying to get someone to take responsibilities for a, a number of uh, different uh, technology areas, and virtualization is kind of my thing. So that's uh, seem, they, they seem to think I'm a good fit for it. So we'll have a go and see what happens. But it should, it should be interesting. Uh, I'll be probably be... Uh, paving my own way in uh, in many regards in that uh, new kind of role. So, but this is also also in addition. Your average evangelist, I take it. You're not you're not going to be quite as sort of markety as a, as someone who, whose job title would be evangelist. No, no. Uh, I'll be the tech guy in a team of two, having uh, a marketing guy with me as well, with which uh, marketing and sales, which uh, would. I'll only be responsible for the technical side of things, not anything marketing or sales related as such. Would anybody uh, be working? Anybody working for you? Uh, not directly, but I'll, I'll have uh, resources available to me from the different uh, companies or different offices we have across Norway. So it's uh, it's kind of a facilitator role in trying to figure out what what do we need in form of. Uh, uh, products, what kind of things do we want to go to market with, uh, what kind of internal uh, qualifications do we need to achieve the goals we want to have uh, or achieve the goals we set ourselves with regards to, in my case, virtualization. So it'll be, uh, it'll be an interesting thing to figure out, especially in a company where I work two months and I don't even know everyone in my local office here. So. That sounds like quite a good challenge. Yeah, it should be. I suppose also you might uh, also be um, setting um, some, if you like, standards internally uh, or best practices related to server virtualization so yeah. that maybe as the company grows, you get more people, more projects, that sort of thing. Um, exactly. then, then then you've kind of you've defined the way, if you like. Yeah, that's uh, part of it. Uh, it's getting white paper, internal white papers done. Uh, either I write them myself or I get someone to do it for, uh, with regards to the technology they're using. So it'll be a kind of a, uh, an internal role in the first, uh, part of it. But it also means I'll get a lot of more contact directly with, uh, the vendors, be it Microsoft or, or VMware. So, uh, one of the, uh, responsibilities will also be to, uh, kind of, uh, figure out where do we go next? What's the next? thing in the pipeline, what are we going to do now, what's what's cooking in a way, and, and, and figure out how we can utilize that. So I'm not sure I, 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 I uh, as the company grows, I don't think that's a, a, the right term. We're Nor Norway's, in, in every division in my company combined, it's Norway's by far largest IT company. Right. So we're... <laughs> But the consulting division isn't, isn't that company. The, uh, the global side. Uh, what did you say? So you'll, you'll be kind of setting the trend for EDB Group globally then? or? 
Yeah, for the consulting division, not for everything, but for the consulting part. That's uh, no, it's no small thing in uh, in itself. I think. So, no. Uh, Worthy of some appreciation. Um, yeah. I just hope I get the V expert as well for next year. Without it, I'll probably just look silly now without having a VCP even. So, <laughs> <laughs> better hurry up and pass those. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of certifications, we uh, we had a little chat on Twitter. Um, me, you, Boz, Raymond, and um, what did uh, what did we wind up coming out with at the end? Uh, is a little mock defense sort of deal. That Christian has been doing most of the work on as of uh, as of now. Uh, Christian, you tell us a little bit about the site since I really haven't had a chance busy training people here. <laughs> yeah, you you haven't been you haven't looked at it yet. Have I you? looked at it. I looked at it, but the, you know when you're trying to train a junior to you know try and cover you when you travel, that's that's tough stuff. <laughs> that's the way it goes. Uh, yeah, well, it's it kind of uh, arose arose from the uh, my very public uh, statement that I'm going for the VCDX. Uh, and then I figured out that I actually needed someone to uh, work towards this goal with, in a way. Uh, so what I decided to do was just try to prepare some kind of new website that collects the information you need or we need uh, and and have a sort of public tracker uh, showing uh, the progress of certifications and how far along the process you've, you've gone. So I came up, came up with the brilliantly named VCDX wannabe site that should go live sometime probably uh, probably when this is released, it, it'll probably be, have gone live then. Uh, and to start with, it's basically just a collection of links and, and, and resources, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But you, Michael, you you guys did something, uh, or uh, you're planning to do something in the in the UK, aren't you? Um, yeah, uh, planning's definitely the, uh, the the operative word here. Um, yeah. It was actually. Um, um, an idea uh, by my co-blogger Jeremy Bowman. Um, uh, we, we were both at the UK VMUG in November, um, and they ran a very informal session. Uh, it was kind of, um, if you like, hosted by Simon Gallagher, um, um, the VMF uh, dot net, um, and um, it, it was basically a very short. Um, mock defense session um uh they also had uh because uh, Dun duncan apping was uh, uh around at the uk v mug as well um he, he he sat on part of the panel and a few people had a little go sort of presenting designs that kind of thing and, and duncan did a little sort of um a short introduction about what the vcdx was that kind of thing what they're looking for um and um it was uh, it was quite a useful session definitely and uh, uh jeremy had the idea off the back of that of uh, of organizing something a little bit more a little bit more formal and 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 uh, i suppose uh, slightly longer as well um we kind of uh, worked out that perhaps we could end up doing a half day or a day get four or five people who are looking to do VCDX defenses and who have got reasonably uh, well-developed design submissions ready um, and, and basically get them together to 
um, uh, take it in turns to act as the panel and to, to, to present their designs um, and, and pretty much just rip each other to pieces um, as, as, as potentially might happen within the defence. Well, it, it, it's, uh, it's not supposed to be quite like that, but Obviously, you've really got to know your design and and um, uh, and, and the technology uh, that you're designing and all the choices that you've made, why you've made them, be able to justify it. What, why is this better than that? That kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's, it was really an opportunity to, I suppose, try and get people uh, grilling each other. Um, at the moment, I mean, we, we've got several people interested. Uh, the big problem at the moment is is, is trying to work out when to do it. Um, I think the uh, the window's closing on VCDX4, um, so I'm not sure if any other people are looking to do that or whether they're looking to do 5. We don't know when the 5 defences are going to start. Obviously, it's going to depend on when the VCAP exams are available for version 5. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just trying to work out how to get everyone in the room together at the same time. Um, uh, which, you know, given the types of jobs that some people are doing, you know, the fact that I was off in San Francisco for two weeks, and, and uh, I'm not entirely sure what Jeremy's up to right at the moment. But um, you know, and, and all the other people who are looking to get involved, trying to get a, a, a day when everyone can be in the same place is uh, potentially quite difficult. Yeah, so that's kind of as far go. Do you, do you have to have people in the same place? Well, uh, I mean, uh, we did. I forgot for the a mock defense. Um, well, potentially not. Um, no. Somebody did ask if they could um, uh, do a telepresence or something. Uh, I can't Tele- remember the chap's name. But apps. Sorry? How about Google Hangout? That seems to be quite a good mm-hmm. um, sort of that. multi-video chat protocol. Yeah. Uh, be interesting to try. Yeah, so that's we kind of what we were thinking as well, uh, trying to do some mock defenses for each other uh, with a group of people that signed up for uh, doing this in a, in a kind of public way uh, and doing something online uh, for a mock defense uh, using Google Hangouts or whatever uh, might make it a bit easier to actually get it done. Mm-hmm. It might well do, yeah. However, uh, Google, Google Hangouts would be a bit hard to record, I think. No? I don't know, I don't know if there's, I suppose, because there's no sort of Google Plus API yet, so I don't think anyone's written a, a recorder. Um, but there's always options of things like WebEx or something like that. Yeah, just um, record the screen. Yeah, yeah, you could just use a box standard sort of screen recorder. Because um, then, you obviously, you want things like you know the ability to be able to whiteboard something and you know pull up a shared a shared whiteboard to demonstrate uh, you know a whiteboard. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I reckon doing. I don't know if is it the best idea to do a full length defence or would you want to do a kind of lightning defence. Well, I don't think you'd be looking to do a full-length defence. Um, I mean, we, we, we were reckoning on um, maybe sort of uh, 45 minutes of, of, of presenting uh, design. We, obviously, uh, everyone have to kind of like circulate their materials beforehand, so people actually have a chance to look through it, um, maybe think up some, some questions that they want to ask the other people. Um, and then... You know, you got forty-five minutes of, of, of presenting. You, you you design your solution, and then time after that, then for answering questions. Um, I mean, you could do a, a lightning defense, but it depends on, I suppose, 
how much value you've got a kind of a trade off obviously between the amount of time it, 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 you need in order to do that and the, the kind of the value you get back from it okay. um, um, i mean if you, if you did like a lightning five minute presentation then you're not really going to get across i suppose a lot of the detail that you're going to get quizzed on in the actual defense so it okay. it, it 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 does depend on how you do it really and um yeah perhaps that's more applicable to the scenario based ones that um i suppose one of the ways you could get around the problems of the organizers having to write x number of scenarios to do the scenario part of the test is that you bring us you know as well as bringing your design with you you bring a scenario yeah so you can set you set that to someone else in the group yeah um, indeed, you could put it into a pool, and as long as you don't get your own back, um, then you know you, you, you get a random one basically from 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 a pool of scenarios that people have suggested um, or submitted. I mean, um, and and yeah, that that's obviously part of the defence as well. Is they don't just look at your design submission and, and and quiz you on your presentation, but they also yeah give you a a scenario um, and and get you to, to work through it, to see how you think, to see how you, um, you know, how, what questions you ask, what you work through, yeah. um, that sort of thing. Um, Having done one of those before, I mean, they are pretty valuable, and uh, certainly at exposing any weak points, if you've got a really good, dare I use the word interrogator, and I was lucky enough to have, uh, at the time, one of the very few VCDXs that was around as an interrogator, um, and it, it was tough. It was very tough, and it exposed gaping holes in my knowledge, which I've, I've had to sort of work pretty hard subsequently to fill. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're a very worthwhile thing to do. Indeed, and, and and certainly, I think one of the things that that came out of the, um, I suppose the the, the 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 session at the UK VMUG was that um, I suppose a lot of people were were focusing on you know the detailed architectural design they that they just launched straight into a you know a massive network diagram and uh, one of the points that was raised was you know it's it's not really all about that necessarily it's about why you've chosen what you've chosen what the requirements for the uh, for, for for the design were um you know why these constrain you or why these give you the ability to choose whatever you want and why you've chosen whatever you want, how it affects the rest of the solution. Um, those, those are the kind of things you, you, you know, you like the kind of questions you're likely to get asked, um, rather than, uh, you know, Ooh, that's a nice diagram. Um, that, that, that's just kind of supporting almost. There's a, there's a lot of things to consider, uh, with regards to how you want to do this, but, um, there are merits to doing, just about anything. Uh, doing small, uh, just work with small defense, lightning defenses, just practicing your presentation skills is one thing. Um, this is true, yes. So, so just having uh, to present your a lightning uh, kind of uh, solution to a crowd of a couple of people watching you on video uh, has a value in its own. Regardless of kind of the uh, the uh, actual content you provide it, it, with regards to the actual presentation. Indeed, yeah. I mean, the, 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 I suppose the presentation skills. Not everybody has them. Um, no. Certainly, um, I, I did my first VMUG presentation back in January, and um, I, I, I can 
you know, I, I, I can tell you I was absolutely petrified beforehand. Um, mm. You know, I, I wasn't looking forward to doing it. I was trying to work out ways to, you know, break my leg or something like that, mm. um, conveniently. But, um, you know, in the end, once you're up there, it's not necessarily so bad, but it, you you've still got to get over that hurdle and some people have more of a problem with it than others. Some people are natural presenters and, and you know, some people, yeah, they need the practice. They need, need to get themselves a little bit comfortable of, of presenting to, uh, you know, reasonably sized audiences. So this all, you know, the VCDX wannabe site goes, uh, goes live soon, does it? And at, at the moment you say it's just going to be sort of like links. Where, where, where do you see it going after that? I don't know. We'll see where how it kind of evolves. Uh, I wanted to create kind of a, a resource base for myself, and it, if someone else can can use it, that's great. I also want to kind of push myself into telling everyone how uh, I plan on doing this. With uh, I need kind of to put my own uh, peer pressure in my in uh, into my own head to get myself to do this. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of a, a motivational thing. And I put it off myself for more than a year or so. When I saw Christian, I, I kind of jumped on it a little bit and started thinking about it myself more. So, figure if we can, we can work on it together. We might, yeah, we might, uh, might have a little more success in that. Yeah, uh, it's 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 one of the ways I suppose a lot of blogs get started as well. Um, I mean, so many of the uh, the virtualization bloggers started a blog purely as just somewhere to write down what they're doing for future reference, that sort of thing, yeah. and 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 it kind of goes from there and and grows. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I, start, I start off as a, a bit of a, an online brain dump. Um, yeah. Turn into other things. No, it, it, the other thing that it reminds me of is. Um, We've seen this fitness thing that the the, uh, the guys in the states seem to be a little bit obsessed oh, with yeah. P90X, yeah. and as I understand it, when you sort of start it off, you've got to take pretty much year before photo, um, and you know signing up to VCDX wannabe with the I've got nothing is that year before photo, um, <laughs> and you know, hopefully it'll help you sort of motivate motivate yourself through the uh, through the certification path because it's a long path, um, and uh, you know it, I think at times. Does just seem sort of almost uh, insurmountable, um, and know there's other people going through the same experience. Probably quite helpful. And and if it's as hard work as, as people say it is, then you know actually your before and after photo are going to be like you know before you're all sort of happy, young looking, full head of hair, and at the end of it, it's all going to be like torn out and tufty, and you're going to be old and wrinkled and stuff. <laughs> it's okay for me because I already lost my hair some years ago. So. <laughs> yeah, but you'll you'll have have a number in the end. Yeah, <laughs> that's worth something. Huh? <laughs> or maybe not. Which might also be going down in flames by doing this. But and then we just hey, put that's... photos of us crying on the site and we shut it down. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I'll, I'll be public with uh, with my both my passes and my failures. No problem. <laughs> you say that now. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. So, aside from uh, the certification things, um, there's been a couple of other new things in the news. Uh, so, something to do with a new version, a new tech preview for Workstation, Christian? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I got wind of that uh, this morning when I got up and saw some um, 
unofficial messages from someone uh, <laughs> uh, that a new tech preview of Workstation was uh, was coming out. Um, and uh, there are some really new cool features in there. Uh, since Eric, uh, Eric Sleuth managed to actually post this before I had a chance to test it, I haven't uh, gotten Best that far yet. But yeah, exactly. So, but but now it's public at least, so I can talk about it a bit more. Um, they they are doing some really cool stuff with regards to how you can access the VMs you're running in Workstation. Uh, they they have a new uh, kind of uh, web service in there called WSX, which won't be the official name, but that's the uh, code name or current name for it. And that's basically rendering the desktop in an HTML5 uh, view in your browser without the need for a plugin, without the need for anything but a browser. So that sounds a little bit like App Blast. Exactly. Uh, so far, it's uh, only available in the Linux version of the tech preview of uh, the new uh, work workstation. Uh, and it requires uh, that you have Python installed on the uh, Linux installation you have workstation installed on. But it, it uses basically a web service uh, to render your desktop in a HTML5 view, which works in Chrome, Firefox, and on and in Safari okay. for, for both OS X and iOS 5, which means you now have, if you're on the local network, you'll be able to control your VMs from your iPhone or iPad or whatever uh, without installing a single app. That's pretty cool. That is quite interesting. I mean, drawing a parallel from that, you, you could potentially see that sort of functionality maybe working its way into VMware View as well. Exactly. Um, I mean, because there is a, I'm, I'm sure they must be doing a new version sometime this year, but um, y you could almost uh, see that being a very logical. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if that was public knowledge or not. <laughs> uh, there's always a beta, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But um, yeah, that's, it's, uh, I, that's what uh, kind of caught my attention as well, because the moment you're able to offer personalized VMs to people through a browser, uh, without the need for a plugin, without the need for anything uh, except a logon, yeah. that starts to get interesting. It does. Uh, uh, any of you um, had a look at um, uh, Ericom's um, solution for doing that? Uh, uh, I think it's called uh, Access Now. Ericom Access Now. Um, it's it's basically a third party product. Uh, you install it uh, in a VM alongside your view installation and it basically does exactly that it presents your um your your view desktops um uh, uh, as available to html5 browsers um so um yeah vmware aren't the first out there to do it but it's interesting to see them build them build it into their own products though that's uh, always something to whatever you can get out of the box uh that's uh that's fun <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 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 not surprising, I suppose, that they've gone down that route. I mean, the chances are they've been working on it for some time, and, and yeah. you know, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, actually. No, so so far, it's only for the Linux version. Uh, they promise a Windows ver version uh, to come shortly, as they say. Uh, a, a couple of other things uh, worth mentioning in the new tech preview as well is that 
to use uh, 3D graphics in Linux now. You don't need VMware tools anymore. Okay. They have actually uh, injected uh, or provided code to x.org for a new OpenGL driver that's uh, now compiled into x.org for newer versions. I don't know the versioning there, but which means you will get out-of-the-box kind of 3D experience uh, features in Linux without the need for VMware tools, which kind of works around the problem that is right now with licensing with regards to VMware tools and redistributing that inside an appliance. Okay. Ah, that's interesting. Although, isn't there... Um isn't there a set of third-party tools that you can actually install in some of these appliances? I, know, yeah, I noticed so, some of them. Things like FreeNAS have the third-party tools already yeah. installed. Open, open VMware tools or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. You're able to redistribute that, but not the actual VMware tools that come from VMware. Yeah, because they're not open source. Uh -huh. So that's also a, a kind of a Linux thing so far. Uh, the third thing I kind of noticed was that they now. Uh, present even more so than they did in version 8 is present the virtualization extensions from your CPU down to the underlying uh, guest OS which means uh, that you could and that's a kind of a funny thing in the release notes for the tech preview that you might even be able to run Hyper-V now inside <laughs> guest OS <laughs> they don't realize you've been doing that for ages yeah, <laughs> it made a point out of it might be possible. <laughs> yeah. I suppose one of the big use cases for um, things like Workstation and Fusion is is, is either for, uh, I suppose, uh, consultants or technical professionals, but also for developers as well. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting that you might be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big user of Workstation for exactly that reason, Michael. Um, you know, my, my home lab is nested and sits on workstation. Um, I don't have any dedicated lab hardware currently. Uh, I used to. It was great. I, yeah, <laughs> I do. It's feeling a bit neglected at the moment. I haven't touched it for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you've been traveling. patched when you switch off. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's pre that pretty much covers the uh, the extent of the workstation. Uh, it's it's it, it's a tech tech preview, uh, so it's a, it's a, it's far off from being a released product yet. But there's a lot of interesting things going on there as well. And as I, and as usual, I I presume that they still do the kind of will introduce a new feature in workstation then that'll trickle down to the enterprise products afterwards. I would have thought so. Yeah. Cool. Uh, have we got anything else news wise would be uh, would be good to uh... Yeah, there's a there's a fun thing. Uh, with re especially re with regards to HTML5 and rendering of desktops. The Microsoft announced uh, quite an interesting security bulletin today. Mhm. Mm if uh, let's see what it says here. If an attacker sends a sequence of specially crafted RDP packets to an affected system, they could possibly, potentially, and if they're lucky, uh, actually execute remote code Ooh. through <laughs> RDP. That's the funny thing. Everything is execute remote code. 
cause mm-hmm. attackers to execute remote code with these Microsoft uh, security releases. Yeah, but the inter- interesting thing here is that there is absolutely no uh, there is no uh, authentication going on here. So, what, so if you if you create a special vulnerable uh, people. If, if you create a specially crafted RDP packet and send it to a server with an open RDP port, you'll be able to execute code. Ooh. Hmm. That's bad. I mean, usually they, they, they announce, announce these vulnerabilities when they've actually got a fix being engineered for them, don't they? Um. Yeah, this is, a, there, there is, a, this is a, a, a patched one. There is a, a patch available for this. Uh, but, but the uh, security bulletin was re- uh, released today. So this is affecting ah. all versions, eh? Pretty much. Uh, as far as I can see from the list here, it's XP Service Pack 3. There are server SP2 for Atanium. There are 2008 Windows 7, uh, 2008 R2. Uh, pretty much anything that has an RDP port. So that could go back as far as Windows 2000 potentially as well. Yeah, I don't see that specifically listed here, but it might... Well, it's it's out of support anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's not to say people don't have it still, but there we go. That's true. So, use HTML5 and not RDP. (laughs) That's an easy fix, though. Uh, Or not. Yeah. (laughs) Don't have RDP. Yeah. (laughs) There's never been an expert for VNC. Yeah, because VNC is secure, reliable, and doesn't suck like the uh, DCA lab interface. No, not at all. Good, good. <laughs> it's super fast. Everything. It's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not, 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 not sold on that one, guys. Um, <laughs> why do you speak of, of Windows two thousand boxes? I remember having to P to V one of those a while back, and it being an absolute nightmare. And you, you kind of you forget that the OS has moved on eight years since. And it does feel like you're working with a, a real relic at times. Um, but you are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I remember, you know, I remember 2000, bit, you know, using it and thinking, yeah, it was all right. Did everything I wanted it to do. Yeah. What yeah. I wanted it was changed. I know it's uh, it's a bit scary when you can remember Windows 95 coming out as well and thinking, oh, that's different. Um, um, I, I'm actually a MCP on Windows 95, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, bet, I, I, I bet that's I, a rather old, beaten-up hat, is it? Uh, yeah, very much so. I, 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 I actually had to go through my certifications when I changed jobs now because my certifications need to be applied to a new company, so I had a look at them. And there are a lot of them. I forgot about, about half of those, <laughs> and I haven't maintained them since, so... But uh, but uh, there's um, stuff gets old pretty quickly, but vulnerability seems to exist back uh, to yeah, like you said, 2000 perhaps even. So uh, a lot of stuff happens. But PWEing uh, is that still being done? I, th- I think that, I think there's definitely uh, scope there. People are still doing it. It's not. Quite as prevalent as they were, but there's still that fifty percent of workloads that aren't virtual yet. I actually have a lot of situations when I'm traveling around, um, and like say my company buys up companies where we absolutely have to do it. I have some kind of engineering, very specific uh, server that needs to be P2V'd, and either the uh, 
the software has been end of life and nobody nobody can change it or there's there's no budget and they refuse to change it and like like you guys are talking about earlier it's running on windows 2000 it's um stuff like that really antiquated and we're just praying every day that the server itself does not crash yeah and the only way to make it portable and make yeah and, and get some kind of a get some kind of uh recovery disaster recovery from it is to virtualize it yeah yeah i mean uh, the virtual clarity uh, company I work for we, we found a lot of our customers um there are a lot of servers out there most of them you know running the older operating systems 2000 2003 um where uh, you know as as you say uh, p2v is 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 a logical choice and um we we we've kind of developed a if you like a, a methodology for um uh, for approaching uh, P2Vs that, that that kind of deals with um, these server states at, at more at the application level um, rather than treating each server individually. Um, so um, yes, I've drawn a number of the uh, the, the diagrams for that, and um, it's 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 something that um, yeah we do do a fair bit of work with still. Um, so you know some of these larger enterprises where they have vast server states they you know they have a lot of servers that have been there a long time they may or may not have been patched um, um, and uh, you know that they, they either don't have the means or the ability to redeploy those applications to uh, to newer uh, infrastructure um, or you know there are various complexities in there that, that that basically just mean there's absolutely no way they could ever redeploy that piece of software again because you know the, the the actual modifications have been made maybe in the registry or something like that to make it work um, the way it does now. Uh, just nobody's really capable of capturing that. Well, um, so there are a lot of people still p 2 I've even been in situations where I have to uh, some very weird licensing method, well not weird, but I have to spoof IP addresses from inside of the OS. And yeah. Yeah, that just adds a layer of messiness but that I hate personally. Well, yeah, I, I think I had um, I had one where um, I had to um, uh, the um, part, part one software component was uh, tied to a particular MAC address, um, and this is obviously um, a company that the, um, uh, the vendor that the, that the customer no longer had a relationship with, so getting a new license wasn't an option. So obviously you've then got to to work on, um, if you like, hard coding the uh, uh, the MAC address in the network interface because, um, of course, it gets a, uh, was it 5006 or something like that is the, the, the default sort of start of MAC address for VMware Virtual NICs. And you've got to go around and change that to, so it's faking to be something physical um, made by HP or Broadcom or something like that. So, um, yeah, it gets a bit messy. Yeah, I actually remember sitting in Mexico City trying to spoof a MAC address and actually having a Twitter conversation with you, Chris. Oh, yes, I remember that. And, uh, and you actually checking it in your lab. <laughs> yeah, so what, what the default map was with the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, there was just... Uh, it, it, it's odd. I think the strangest one I've seen like that was someone... They were licensing on CPU ID. Ooh. Well, that was... Uh, that was the only time I ever came unstuck with CPU ID changes. Yeah, that's a difficult one to get around. Yeah, that one is impossible to get. Around. Yeah, we're, we're a little bit stuck with that one. 
But um, I've certainly seen it where uh, even down to uh, government installs where they're still running NT4 boxes. Uh, the only hardware they can get to run on NT4 is, is out of date. They were having to buy spares off eBay. Um, so plan B, you virtualize it, and then you can buy, put, update the hardware um, while still running the same application. Yeah, it's, it's it's frightening actually the price that some of the um the, the you know uh, that used spares go for on eBay uh, for, for you know just take a, an example ancient HP compact or compact um, uh, rack mount server with with some of these really old fat drives that are not very big getting replacements for that is is very difficult so um, and quite expensive for what they are. So, um, a full, yeah, a, a full-height four-gig SCSI drive or something. Oh. <laughs> Those are the days. The ones that had the <laughs> big red... And it had not just like the one clip that they have nowadays, but these like two red clips you had to open. Yeah, those ones. Yeah, think about the size of a roller skate. <laughs> <laughs> the new HP generate, uh, Generation 8 servers looks looks nice, though. I haven't been able to, to check them out yet, but uh, the... the We've come a long way from uh, the old Compaq uh, servers or IBM black servers. Uh, it seems like HP is moving on to having things look pretty as well, or at least have flashing lights. Yeah, there's a few facts. Oh, but the, the old Compaqs, they, they, they were awesome. I mean, the original sort of white ones, which obviously yep. by the time that we got hold of them, they'd gone beige. Uh, not yep. because of they changed the color, just because they'd aged. Um, <laughs> Like a fine wine, but they had digital <laughs> displays on them for the the original Compaq Insight controllers, and they were also I had I had a, a ProLiant sixty five hundred, uh, laptop server at home, and it was the size of a desk. Yeah, and noisy. <laughs> yeah, and it dimmed the lights whenever I switched it on. It was brilliant. Exactly. Um, yeah, they, they don't make them like they used to. There's probably a good no. reason for that because I couldn't. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, you break your back just trying to lift those things. Yeah, yeah I suppose it was no bigger than your average blade chassis these days. Um, yeah, I suppose that's true. Seven U. So yeah, yeah, that's a that's a small blade chassis. Yeah, C C three thousand or something. Yeah, but at least you can take the blades out before you move yeah. the chassis. Yeah, and the power <laughs> supplies and the drives and whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're still surprised. Stupidly yeah. moving a blade chassis without taking anything out. Maybe, maybe, maybe ten, eleven years ago, one of the original IBM HS two zeros. Oh. And mm-hmm. yeah, I swear it was it was um, possibly somewhere around uh, one hundred and twenty kilos. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's as heavy as an engine. <laughs> <laughs> Probably had about as much computing power as well in those days. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, guys, that's uh, that's it for this week. Thanks a lot for listening to uh, VSoup Twenty Two. Uh, thanks a lot to uh, Michael Poor for joining us. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> hey, no problem. Finally, glad to have you on. Um, you can listen. You can catch us on Stitcher, uh, VSoup.net, or iTunes as usual. Thanks for listening. <laughs>